Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Folks, we're going on grid. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Noon on the East on Fantasy Sports today. Plenty to get to. Some trust or bust. Some players in the NFBC that are going much later in the draft that you should be considering. Fantasy Sports Today, Hour 2, starts now. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Sports today. It is Craig Mish and Frank Stample. Happy afternoon to you. We're here on this Tuesday, February the 11th, 2020. We got baseball back. Pitchers and catchers are there. They're on the field. We got some action to talk about. Kind of feel like it's very similar to uh, NFL training camp for those of you who play fantasy football. Chris Bavona is producing the show. He's also on our sports grid updates as well. And Frank, I know that we're uh, we're, we're kind of inching closer to our drafts and want to you know get some action see some action and the news cycle really begins when players are on the field but the two stories that keep dominating us uh you know simply put are the Astros scandal we're still in the midst of that we're waiting for those guys to talk I'm sure that's going to happen tomorrow and as we touched on in the first hour of the show for those who are just listening live here we'll touch on it again is this new idea that Major League Baseball may add playoff teams to the mix so good afternoon to you yeah, what's going on, Craig? We still have a lot going on with the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox. We mentioned in hour one as well, the Boston Red Sox still do not have a manager to date, and it is February 11th. Pitchers and catchers already reporting. They're going to go with their bench coach, Ron Renicki, as of now, but they haven't actually gave him a title of interim manager or just real manager for the time being uh, with the Boston Red Sox. And then the Houston Astros, I thought that A.J. Hinch kind of set the precedent uh, with his uh, interview on the MLB Network on Friday uh, for what you know the players should be trying to do as they approach training, uh, spring training here because obviously they're going to be asked a lot of questions. So I thought that that was really the main point of that interview to kind of show the types of things that his players, or former players rather, should be saying as they uh, approach the season here, Craig. All right, we'll take a quick timeout for the Sports Grid update with Chris Bavona, and then we'll be back right here on Sports Grid. Don't go away. Sports Grid News Update. Thank you again, Mr. Craig. It is Chris Bavona with your Sports Grid News Update, recapping some of the big uh, news from earlier in the show. New York Post was the first to report that Major League Baseball is mulling significant changes to its postseason, inc- including increasing the number of teams from 10 to 14 and adding a reality TV-type format to determine which teams play each other in an expanded wildcard round. MLB's idea is that each league would have three division winners and four wildcard teams, making the, post- uh, making the postseason starting in 20. 
2022. The best team in the league will receive a bye into the division series. The two remaining division winners and the wild card team with the best record of the four would each host all games of a best of three series. In the opening round, the division winner with the second best record would select its wild card opponent from the three wild card winners not hosting the series. The, the division winner with the worst record would then choose its opponent from the remaining two wild card teams. And the final matchup would pit the wild card winner with the best record against the wild card team not yet chosen. In the NFL, Philip Rivers will enter free agency this, this offseason, officially ending his 16-year run with the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers and Rivers jointly announced the veteran quarterback's decision Monday with general manager Tom Blesco saying that the timing of the announcement will, quote, allow anyone to put themselves in the best position for success in 2020. In the NBA, the Toronto Raptors have kept their winning streak alive in a variety of ways over the past few weeks. On Monday, they did so without a traditional center and while withstanding the debut of D'Angelo Russell in a Minnesota Timberwolves uniform. Russell finished with 22 points and 5 assists in 32 minutes Monday, but it wasn't enough to pre prevent Toronto, led by 34, 34 points from Pascal Siakam, from beating Minnesota 137-126 Minnesota to, to extend the Raptors' winning streak to 15 games, the second longest such streak in the NBA this season. And finally, Vanessa Bryan express, expressed grief and anger in an Instagram post Monday as she copes with the deaths of her husband, Kobe Bryant, their 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, and seven other people in a helicopter crash last month. She said, quote, my brain refuses to accept that both Kobe and Gigi are gone. It's like I'm trying to process Kobe being gone, but my body refuses to accept my Gigi will never come back to me. It feels wrong. Why should I be able to wake up another day when my baby girl isn't being able to have that opportunity? I'm so mad. She had so much life to, to live. Bryant also said she realizes she has to remain strong for their three surviving daughters, Natalia, Bianca, and Capri. I am Chris Bavona. That has been your Sports Grid News Up Sports Grid Network News Update. It's back to you, Mr. Craig. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Chris. Appreciate that. And uh, Craig and Frank back here with you for the second hour of fantasy sports today. For those of you who are interested in mock drafts, interesting, you can go over to uh, pitcherlist.com and at pitcherlist on Twitter. Frank and I both participated in a very, very early mock draft, which actually took forever. There was a lot of time in between picks uh, in this mock draft. And we were asked, Frank, about our best pick and our worst pick from the eighth spot, and you were in the ninth spot in this draft. Um, I want to give you my thoughts, and then I'll give you uh, – I want your opinion on it, and then I'll give you uh, my thoughts on yours. Uh, they asked us, again, best pick, worst pick. I got Fernando Tatis with the uh, 32nd pick overall. And it's not that I think Tatis is a star or anything, Frank. It's just that I thought that the value where I got him was fantastic. And as you can see, his ADP has moved up beyond that. So uh, I was right on that. I don't know if I'll be right on Tatis being you know great, but you know certainly I had to take him at 32. And then the one pick that I didn't like as much was Robbie Ray. I didn't feel like... I, sec I secured enough starting pitching, and Ray is probably going to have to be an SP2 or SP3 for me. And in a uh, spot such as this where you're playing in a mixed league, I don't know that you could feel completely comfortable with him. Uh, so uh, what are your thoughts on that, Frank, from the eighth spot? Agree, disagree? Yeah, I definitely agree with uh, Fernando Tatis. We spoke about him last week as well as someone who I thought was going to move up draft boards as we get closer to some of these live main event drafts in the NFBC. You know, he's already started to creep up a little bit. He's going around that one-two turn in 15-team leagues. It wouldn't surprise me again if once we get to the middle of March, he is uh, solidified as a first-round pick, A you know, 
not mid to late, but anywhere in that like 12 to 15 range, it wouldn't surprise me if Fernando Tatis uh, gets into that area. A lot of people are going to see what Ronald Acuna has done the past couple of seasons, and they'll look at Fernando Tatis to uh, try and replicate or rather emulate uh, some of what Ronald Acuna has been able to do. So uh, I think that you're spot on uh, in where you were able to grab him, and I think he's personally going to uh, continue to move up more here as we get closer to mid-March, Craig. Yeah, there's a report this morning also that Tatis may at least be engaged in playing some center field this spring, so that'll be curious. Uh, Frank was also in a separate draft. He drafted from the ninth spot overall, and uh, on pitcher list, he said that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was his most liked pick, which he got at 81, with his uh, ADP being 61 at the time, so a value of 20 picks there. And then least liked was Jesus Lazardo with the 135th pick, and his ADP is 131. So why on Vlad uh, did you like him, and why did you not like Lazardo? Yeah, so on Vladimir Guerrero Jr., we know the third base is one of the most stacked positions this upcoming season in fantasy baseball, but I still think that the upside is massive for Vlad, and I did a few early best ball drafts and obviously participated in this early mock and was able to get him at pick 81. The ADP, you mentioned 20 spots of value. His ADP is, uh, was around 61 in these mock drafts, and his ADP in the month of February in the NFBC is right around 56. So again, 20 to 25 spots of value there in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. There might be some people who were often because they were burned by him last year. Let's not forget, this kid is still just 20, 21 years old. Uh, he has as much prospect pedigree as anybody in baseball right now, and all the reports that we've heard in the offseason are that he's in better shape this year. He absolutely mashes the ball. Like, when he puts the ball in play, he hits it extremely, extremely hard. The one thing I do want to see him do, and maybe we'll see some of this in the spring, is I want to see him improve that launch angle. He hit a lot of ground balls last year. I want to see him try to lift the ball a little bit more, hit more line drives, uh, hit, hit the ball in the air as well, but hitting in the middle of a really good Toronto Blue Jays lineup uh, and a good ballpark to hit in there as well. So, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will be somebody I'm targeting uh, in this range, in that you know fifth, sixth, seventh round range this upcoming season in fantasy baseball. When it comes to Jesus Lazardo, the main reason why I didn't like this pick at 135 was there were other pitchers available at that time who, again, we did this super early, I think back in November, December, and knowing what I know now, I would have taken somebody like Max Fried or Frankie Montas over him. And again, I like Jesus Luzardo, but I don't know how deep they're going to let him go into games. I don't know what to project for his innings pitched this upcoming season. I think that the Oakland A's, while they want to compete, I think they want to be a little bit cautious with Jesus Lazardo, who is their top pitching prospect by far in the organization. I think he has great stuff, but if we're being realistic, we're probably only projecting about 140, maybe 150 innings pitched. I could see Max Fried and Frankie Montas putting up similar numbers as a Jesus Lazardo and maybe getting somewhere like 175, 180 innings pitched. So, again, I like Lazardo, but in hindsight, I do like guys like Max Fried and Frankie Montas more than him, Craig. Yeah, I, I think fair points, and you know certainly you know you get to that point in the draft where you're taking pitchers, and we it's ironic that both of us p uh, picked a pitcher that we're probably in that mock counting on a little bit more than we should have. But look, both players could certainly work out. I think it's fair to be critical of your own team, not just somebody else's team. And I think that this gives people an opportunity to see who we ended up with as opposed to who we really liked. All right, Trust or Bust is next. Coming up here on Fantasy Sports Today, Craig Mish and Frank Stample. Don't go anywhere. we got a lot more to get to here on the show as we take you right up until 1 o'clock Eastern. Diamond Bets takes over after we are done. Don't go away.
Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Do you trust me? Trust. Do you trust me? Or bust. You are so busted. Aha! We switched out that music just in time, Chris. Almost got you there. Almost got you. Look at that. We got a little center field. You know who sings the song, Chris? By any chance? There you go. There you go. The adult, the adult video music has left the building, and we actually have some uh, generic uh, baseball music to uh, talk about this. So, how does this segment work? It's called Trust or Bust. It's simply put, Frank and I will ask questions about different players in terms of their ADP. Do you trust them in 2020, or do you think that they are a bust? So, I want to turn this over to my co-host, as Chris would say, Mr. Frank, and uh, and and kind of let him take the ball and get rolling with this segment. We don't normally uh, have Frank controlling the uh, the kind of flow of the show, so I thought Frank should take over here a little bit, and then I'll jump back in. So, Frank, you take this one away. Thank you, Mr. Craig. We'll start off with our first trust or bust, and that is Jack Flaherty with, a, a, and with an NFBC ADP of 24.4 in the month of February. Jack Flaherty enjoyed a fine season 275 ERA, 097 whip, 231 strikeouts in 196 and a third innings pitch. His second half was utterly ridiculous. The problem is now he's being drafted in the middle of the second round in 15-team Roto Leagues in the NFBC. Seems like a steep price to pay. Craig, are you willing to do so when it comes to Jack Flaherty? Yeah, I, I picked him to win the Cy Young last year, and it wasn't that far off. And coming out of spring training, the way that this kid was pitching, especially I went to the final game of the spring. He threw like seven shutout innings, struck out ten guys. I was so impressed. I thought he was going to be a beast. And then April came, and he didn't look like the same guy, Frank. It was a little weird. But you're right. The second half of the season was completely dominant. With the lack of pitching that there is in the big leagues, I think that Flaherty in almost every league is going to end up as somebody's SP1. I mean, it's it's a foregone conclusion at this point. The question is, what did he? What was he not able to harness in the early part of the season that made him so good in the second half? If he puts together great April and May along with June through the rest of the year, there's no doubt that this is going to be worth trusting. So I trust Flaherty. I think that the ADP is higher than I'd like it to be. But looking at the options beyond him, boy, it's really hard to argue that. So I'll say that I trust Flaherty in 2020. How about you, Frank? All right, so we're going to go the opposite way for the first one here. I'm going to say that Jack Flaherty is a bust, and I owned him in a few spots wow. last year. Watching him pitch the first half of the season, the stuff is absolutely there. The guy has an electric fastball. While it's not you know, mid to upper 90s, uh, it's right around 92 to 94. Uh, he has a good fastball. He has a great slider, but for whatever reason, it just wasn't working out in the first half. And then the second half came, 
and he was completely dominant. But I worry about whether or not he can maintain those gains that we saw in the walks department in terms of his control. The first half of the season, he averaged over three walks per nine. The second half of the season, 2.03 walks per nine. He did get more swinging strikes. He cut the hard hit rate in the second half as well. But I have my concerns about whether or not he can maintain that level of command that we saw in the second half when it comes to Jack Flaherty. So I like him, but I think he's being overvalued a little bit in that second round range. So I think relative to where he's being drafted, he's going to end up being a bust this upcoming season. Craig Mish, are you ready to move on to the second one? Here we go. Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, 32 NFBC ADP. In the month of February, we all remember what Pete Alonso did last year, breaking the rookie record for home runs, hitting 53 home runs. And obviously, you had a chance to see a lot of those home runs up close and personal, covering the, the Miami Marlins last season. Craig, again, he finished with a 260 batting average, 120 ribbies as a rookie with 53 home runs. He was awesome. But being drafted in that you know late second, early third round range this upcoming season, Craig, do you trust or bust when it comes to Pete Alonso in 2020? I'd, I'd be afraid that, that some of the numbers take a little bit of a step back. I mean, he just maxed out that season like no other rookie that we've seen. 161 games, 72 walks. That's a lot for a first-year player. And I saw him play at the University of Florida. I would have never thought that this was the kind of player that we would expect. The question that I think that you have to ask is that with that ADP, are you expecting 50 home runs? Are you expecting 40 home runs? So it just kind of depends on where you are. I, I feel like Alonzo's the kind of guy that he I trust him if if I've taken a pitcher in the first round. Like if I am having to go hitters based on the ADP that he's sitting at, I think that that's a worthwhile pick. I think if I already have hitters and I already have a little bit of power, I think I'll probably pass on him. I see that home run total going from 53 back down to somewhere in the 30s. I think the RBIs have to come down a little bit too. Second-year players scare the you-know-what out of me. I'm going to go light bust on Pete Alonzo, although I would say that if I'm sitting there, uh, potentially late second, third round, and I'm in need of power, I'll have no issue taking him if I take a pitcher in the first round. So I will say light bust on Pete Alonzo, Frank. All right, so Craig Mitch says light bust. I'm going all in here. Full bust Pete Alonzo. We have seen this before where, you know, guys like Aaron Judge in their second season take a step back, not able to maintain that home run to fly ball ratio that we saw from Pete Alonzo last year. Look, if you expect him to hit close to 50 home runs again, then you should absolutely be drafting him in that range. But I like the projection that Craig brought up there, you know, probably dropping down to the high 30s. Maybe he cracks 40 home runs. The biggest problem that I have with Pete Alonso this upcoming season, Craig, is based on his profile, you can find that in players that are going rounds later. Matt Olson, yeah. who's going in the fifth round, is probably going to give you a 250 to 260 batting average. Could potentially hit 45 to 50 home runs based on the power we saw last year. Remember, he came back from the hamate bone injury and was still ridiculous. And if you want to go even deeper, I understand that this player is basically the antithesis of Pete Alonso. But Edwin Encarnacion, in one of the best lineups in baseball with the Chicago White Sox, 
He's going to hit you 35 home runs. He's going to drive in 100 RBIs. The batting average might be a little bit lower, maybe 240 to 250. But you're getting Edwin Encarnacion in the 10th, 11th round. So I just think you could find similar profiles later on in the draft. So I have Pete Alonso as a bust based on where he's being drafted. To me, you got to get speed in some of those early rounds. And if you take Alonso in that third round range, you're passing up on guys like Ozzy Albies who are going to give you 20 steals. Even a Jonathan Villar who give you 35 to 40 stolen bases. You got to get your speed early. Uh, I don't like where Pete Alonso is going this upcoming season. All right, Craig, here we go. Number three, round three, Lucas Giolito finally broke out last year. A 49.7 NFBC ADP in the month of February. Finally put it all together. A 3-4-1 ERA, a 106 whip, nearly 12 strikeouts per nine, and we finally saw him get those walks under control. Craig, Lucas Giolito, trust or bust in 2020? I'm skeptical. I'm, I'm skeptical uh, that that he can produce the season that he had last year. I would say that I'm hopeful that some of the offensive additions can provide him some better numbers in terms of the win total. He won 14 games last year out of 29 starts, but I think that that offense will be better. So hypothetically speaking, my projection for Giolito is probably right around the same in terms of wins. I see his ERA moving up. I see his strikeouts moving down, and I think that his walks are somewhere in between 2018 and 2019. So I think the White Sox will be better. That will provide him with a little bit of bump in the possibility of getting wins. But simply put, I just didn't see this coming last year. And so it's certainly potential that he, uh, potentially possible that he found himself. But, uh, you know, it's, it's like if I haven't seen it before, I got to doubt it a little bit. I say he's somewhere in between 2018, 2019, low fours in the ERA, whip somewhere between 1 and 1.4, around the 1.1, 1.2 range. I'm going to say bust. I'm out. I won't take him. We're going to go the opposite way again here, Craig. I'm going to trust Lucas Giolito. I really like what I saw from him last year in the underlying skills. 62.1% first pitch strike percentage. That was a career high. A massive 15% swinging strike rate. That was a career high. In fact, that was sixth amongst all starting pitchers last year as well. I like the volume get that you got from him too. In the second half of the season, he went at least six innings pitched in 11 of 12 starts. So he's going deeper into games. I like the improved command that we saw from Giolito. Improved mechanic uh, mechanics. He started you know, pitching a little bit differently last year. His fastball changeup combination is already one of the best in baseball, I would say. And now he gains Yasmani Grandal as his catcher, who's one of the best pitch framers in all of baseball. I'm buying in on Giolito. I think the ERA maybe rises a little bit. Maybe we get like a 3-6, 3-7 ERA. But I think we get a sub-1-2 whip with really, really good strikeouts going in that fourth round range. I think he's going to be able to pay off that price tag. I am trusting Lucas Giolito in 2020. Craig, do you think we have enough time for one more? We wanna, do we want to brush through one real quick or... Kind of save it Real for the quick, next yeah. segment. What do you want to do here, Craig? Let's have it. Let's do it. one more. One more. All right. So let's hit uh, Bo Bichette with an NFBC ADP of 68 in the month of February. Uh, what we saw last year from Bo Bichette, a power-speed combination. Uh, he was doing so in the minors. He came up to the majors and, and really kept on kept kept it going there at the major league level. So trust or bust Bo Bichette in 2020, Craig Mish. Yeah, I, I trust Bichette. I think that there's a chance that he improves on the stolen base numbers. It was a little awkward that out of eight tries, he only stole four bases. He's got to walk a little bit more. There's no doubt about that. And some of the numbers, again, later on in the season are somewhat questionable. But I think that there's a chance that the pedigree is right. Remember, it comes from a family 
uh, of playing baseball, too, with his father as well. So I will say that I'll own Bichette in a league. I probably won't own a lot of shares of him, but compiling a war of two on the offensive and defensive side, Frank, is really impressive for a first-year player, especially with only playing in 40 games. So I'll say trust on Bichette. I'm going to go with the route that you went with Pete Alonso. I'm going to go with a mild trust here with Bo Bichette. I have him projected for a 275 batting average, 22 home runs, 85 runs scored, 70 RBI, and 18 stolen bases. So a near 2020 player uh, who continues to improve, hitting in a really, really good lineup, either first or second in that lineup. I like what I saw from Bichette last year. I might own one or two shares. He's not a must-have for me, but I'll, I'll say a mild trust in 2020 on Bo Bichette here, Craig. All right, we'll be back with more here on Fantasy Sports Today, including players that are taken in the late rounds of the NFPC. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you on the show. We got you until 1 o'clock, and then uh, Diamond Bets takes over. Looking forward to being back with you guys tomorrow. From a programming standpoint, just to give you the heads up, somewhat during spring training, uh, I'm on the road a lot, and so it is phenomenal that we have Frank, of course, in the FanDuel uh, studios there, so he can cover me when I'm not there, but... Even when I'm out, I'm in. Uh, we'll be compiling a lot of interviews for this show and also joining Frank via the telephone. And so uh, I will still be just as much a part of the show as always. But uh, bear with us here in the month of February and the month of March because what we're trying to do is unlike any other show in the country, which is true, is that uh, being that I have access as a baseball reporter – I can bring you uh, some of the insight and the interviews on players that are in the game. And so uh, between Frank's acumen for playing fantasy baseball, uh, given the fact that I've been playing fantasy baseball for 30 years, and moving that into that reality and fantasy space, it's the kind of show that really no one else is doing. I've been doing it now for almost a decade, and I'm happy to bring it over to here to SportsGrid. And so we are going to be covering that for you all fantasy season long, uh, but especially in draft season. And the one thing that I can do is take you inside the clubhouse like nobody else can, ask questions like nobody else can, and hopefully help you and get you some of those details you want. So, uh, uh, Frank, we had this exercise yesterday where we looked at players at the NFBC. As you mentioned, a lot of this draft and hold format where there's 1,150 different players that have been taken in over 250 NFBC drafts. We went through players 1,000 and above. Do you feel like we accomplished Really, uh, was there anyone that we discussed yesterday that you came out of there thinking, you know what, maybe I would consider taking this guy in one league? Did we accomplish that? Yeah, I was actually really excited about the segment that we did yesterday when I went back to uh, the New York studio. I was talking with Greg, and I'm showing him all these guys. I'm like, oh, I was like, look at these guys outside the top 1,000. These guys are super interesting, right? And he's just like, meh, yeah, I don't really know, Frank. Uh, but the, the one that I brought up, Demarcus Evans really kind of stands out to me as someone who's dominated as a reliever in the minors, uh, has some experience closing games. And again, I think Jose Leclerc is far from a sure thing at the, at, in the closers role totally for agree. the Texas Rangers. So uh, 
Uh, you know, I'm definitely interested in Demarcus Evans. He was the one where I was like, I didn't even know this guy existed, but then when I looked into him the other night, uh, he's someone that really, really stood out to me. So he's a name that I'm actually going to be watching throughout spring training and, and, and throughout the course of the minors this year and, and see kind of what he does in 2020 here, Craig. No doubt. Yep, that, that, that's what you have to do for sure. And, uh, you know, throughout the spring, the other thing that I'll do is is I will talk to players in the game, coaches in the game, uh, catchers around the game, and I'll hopefully be able to bring you some of the, uh, you know, advanced metrics and skills of some of these pitchers, spin rates and things that organizations are high on that may translate over the fantasy. Thankfully, my track record through the years has been pretty good to find a couple of diamonds in the rough. Hopefully, we'll be able to do that again uh, for you guys this year. All right, uh, so the exercise continues on this show. Yesterday, we went through NFBC 1000 all the way through 1150. Today, we're going to go from 900 to 1000. And essentially, the exercise is as follows. We're going to provide you with names of players that are not being considered virtually in any fantasy baseball draft. None and try and make the case that you could possibly take this guy and he could help you in some format, AL only, NL only, something, a buck in an auction, a reserve round player, and try and make a case for it. So here we go. I'll start off. I'll give you the first one. I'm going with Nick Gordon of the Minnesota Twins. His ADP is 936. If his name sounds familiar, it's because he's the brother of D. Gordon, and if that sounds familiar, you know why? Because we've been saying he's the brother of D. Gordon for three or four years now since he's been drafted. Uh, it is time for D, for Nick Gordon to uh, to take that next step and I think to play in the majors. In fact, I would think that if he was playing on a team that wasn't stacked like the Twins, Frank, I think that he would have a chance to come up in June like as a Super 2. But he's got no shot. The Twins are stacked. They don't have any room for him. He's a former very high pick. He's been taken in eight NFBC leagues so far. I think that the the uh, what you want if you're if you draft let's say Nick Gordon with your last pick in the NFBC draft and hold last pick is you want to see the Twins make a move in July and trade Gordon somewhere else in a redraft league and then potentially he comes up right away let's say to Detroit or Baltimore or somewhere else and gives you two months of fantasy value that's the only shot I think I don't see another scenario. The other thing you got to keep in mind with Nick Gordon, he can steal some bases. Not like D. Gordon, but he certainly can steal some. That's my case for Nick Gordon at 936. I don't love it, but again, you shouldn't love it either as a listener or a viewer of this show. It's just a name to be aware of this season. Yeah, and maybe there's an injury that takes place with the Minnesota Twins, and that's how Nick Gordon can find his way to the majors. Uh, the trade is probably the most likely scenario, and we saw last year in AAA with Nick Gordon. He had his best year. He had 298 with an 801 OPS, 14 stolen bases. The profile looks a lot like D. Gordon, except he's not nearly as fast as D. Gordon in terms of the stolen base output that we've seen in the minor leagues. But as you mentioned, look, former first-round pick uh, of the Minnesota Twins back in 2014, if not now, then when for Nick Gordon. Uh, I think it probably takes a trade or, or potentially a serious injury here with the Minnesota Twins. Craig, the first one that I have here, Chance Adams, who has been drafted in 12 drafts, going in with an ADP of 906. You might remember his name as a, the former top prospect for the New York Yankees back when they really did not have a great farm system. Uh, so that should really tell you a little bit about Chance Adams. But he moves over to the Kansas City Royals now. Uh, they, you know, they signed him and 
They look that rotation is not a great rotation. I think they have Jorge Lopez no. penciled in as their their SP five right now, according to roster resource. They can make some trades as well, trade away some of their veterans, and we can find Chance Adams winds up in the rotation there. We've seen some of these reclamation projects as well kind of pop up with other teams once they haven't been worked out uh, as a prospect with another team. So look back in 2017. He had a 2.45 ERA, 135 strikeouts, and 150 in a third innings pitch, a 108 whip. We've seen him put up some pretty good minor league numbers. Now he latches on with Kansas City Royals. I think there's a chance that he might even crack this rotation at some point this upcoming season, Craig. Yeah, I think that's a great name, and it's not even the idea that, that Adams has the skills. You're looking for volume in these sort of leagues. And you're right, Frank. I mean, the Royals, especially the back end of that rotation, and you know, to a degree, the front end, there's a lot of uncertainty there. So uh, him being drafted in 12 drafts, maybe that moves up for someone who's listening or watching to 13, 14. Why not, at the end of the draft, uh, take a guy like this? And again, it's more of a volume situation. Teams like Kansas City, Detroit, Baltimore, uh, I would say even the back end of the Pirates rotation, you're trying to find somebody viable. All right, uh, I'll move over to ADP uh, 912. Tyler Ivey, I saw him pitch, I believe, at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches in spring training last year uh, on the minor league fields. He's been taken in 13 different leagues. Now, Ivey is not a household name. You know the name Josh James. You know the name of Forrest Whitley. Uh, they have they have pitchers in their organization that are ahead of Ivey in terms of the pecking order, but his stats last season in AAA were phenomenal. It looks like he's like a swing guy, almost like Josh James. Kind of, you know, the Astros do that a lot. Brad Peacock, they use a lot of guys as starters and relievers. And let's be real here for a minute. Um, you know, Houston in their bullpen. Will Harris moved on to Washington. Colin McHugh surprisingly remains unsigned. Uh, it's going to be a a different-looking bullpen, I think, for the Astros this year. And maybe he's got a shot to give you some of those counting numbers. Maybe he gives you 80 80 innings, 70 innings. I don't know that he makes the opening day roster. I would think that he has a shot to. Tyler Ivey, Frank, is a name that a lot of people don't know. But regardless of what you want to say about the banging of the drum, they find these pitchers, and they become fantasy-relevant almost immediately. So it may be a last-round pick to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. And he was phenomenal last year at Double A with the Houston Astros. Nearly 12 strikeouts per nine, a 1.57 ERA, a 0.96 whip as well. And that bullpen is not what it used to be. You know, they have lost a few pieces. We spoke about uh, Will Harris yesterday moving over to the Washington Nationals. So they have to fill some of these voids in that bullpen. Perhaps, you know, Tyler Ivey can get an opportunity here. You know, from one. Houston Astros prospect to a former Houston Astros prospect, someone who was traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks last year in that Zach Greinke trade, was Corbin Martin, and he has been taken in four drafts. He has an ADP of 929, and looking at Corbin Martin's minor league numbers, he got a shot in the majors last year, and he was dreadful. He had an ERA over five. Uh, he couldn't locate his pitches. The whip was high. He was walking a ton of guys. We've seen that before where you know guys get an opportunity in the majors. doesn't work out right, right away, but in his minor league career, career he has made 44 appearances 33 starts he's pitched 192 innings in the minors and he has a 2.58 ERA in his career a 106 whip with 
210 strikeouts in 192 innings pitched. And again, this was one of the headliners in that trade that set Zach Greinke from the Arizona Diamondbacks to the Houston Astros. Uh, so look, I know I know the Arizona Diamondbacks are trying to compete this year, and they're saying that Zach Gallen has to win the fifth starting pitcher job uh, in that rotation. But this likely takes an injury. But based on what I've seen in the minor leagues, uh, the minors here, Craig, I think Corbin Martin does have some upside. Maybe his second time around, he learns from uh, whatever happened in his first run in the major leagues. Okay. Well, it, it is my apology that I didn't look very closely uh, before the show at your list. I probably should have. Um, I love Corbin Martin. Saw him pitch for the Astros. Uh, he was taken in the second round, if I'm not mistaken, a few years ago. And I thought he was a massive asset acquired uh, by the Diamondbacks. No question about that in that trade for Greinke. Um, think he has a chance to be a big star. I've talked about him on social media. You can search this out over the last couple of years. But unfortunately, Frank, I believe he's out for the year, or he's out for at least most of the year. He had Tommy John surgery in July of last year. So I do think that I, – I don't think we're going to see him pitch this year. I think he's a great keeper league guy for 2021. I mean, is there a chance he makes three starts this year, four starts, Frank, in September? I mean, that's the kind of thing that you're looking for. I think that's about it. I don't see him doing anything else. Um, but a massive potential with Corbin Martin. I think he's going to be a star uh, at some point. All right, so that's uh, our Trust or Bust segment for today. We'll continue uh, this segment throughout the week and give you an opportunity to draft some guys in fantasy that you wouldn't necessarily think of. In fact, we left a couple of guys off. We'll uh, get to that next and hear from Jonathan VR of the Miami Marlins. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish and Frank Stanfield with you. What we're going to do here in this segment is give you some opportunity to hear from a player in the game and also kind of break down the fantasy value. But, uh, you know, Frank, we're getting closer to you know, spring training games uh, starting here. So I, I guess the question is, from your perspective, before we you know dive into Jonathan VR, who I spoke to the other day, um, how much do you pay attention to what's happening there on the field? There are some people that say it's meaningless. There are some people that say it's meaningful. I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I think playing time is big. I think position value is big. I don't necessarily look at the stats, and many executives have told me in the past, if you have a 25-man roster, they they know 23 of the guys. I mean, position battles are, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say they're ridiculous, but they kind of know who they want going in. There's a lot of bias toward that, so it's like the last guy, and in this case, an extra guy, a 26th guy. How much do you pay attention to it? 
I pay attention to it a decent amount. I'm probably with you somewhere in the middle here uh, in terms of how meaningful is spring training. I think for people who say that it's meaningless, that's probably ignorant, especially if you play fantasy baseball competitively because we are following position battles. And, you know, a lot of the times we'll see starting pitchers get blown up, but a lot of the times that's because they're trying something different. They might be working on a new pitch. They might be trying to perfect the pitch from the year before. We have to pay attention to velocity for guys like Chris Sale who are coming off major injury guys like Blake Snell as well so you have to watch for specific things you definitely shouldn't be watching to see if like John Carlos Stanton's gonna hit 20 home runs in spring training and that's the reason why you want to draft him because something like that might be meaningless but there are certainly things that you need to be paying attention to during spring training if you want to be successful at fantasy baseball Uh, so I'm probably somewhere with you I think it's somewhere in the middle you have to pay attention to the right things Craig yeah, and look, the, you know, the other part of that too, Frank, is that if you completely dismiss the spring numbers, and I'm not saying that it's it's worthy of putting that in your draft kit, essentially, like taking a look at that. But let's be honest, four years ago, Trevor Story came to the Colorado Rockies and destroyed the Cactus League. Trevor Story has turned out to be a top, what, 20 player in all of Major League Baseball? And those numbers were constantly dismissed throughout the spring. Oh, it can't happen. Oh, okay. He took that spring right into the regular season and broke the record for most home runs hit by a player of his stature as a rookie in the history of baseball over the first 10 games of the season. So it's not to say that that's going to happen again, but you can't completely dismiss what you see. I think that's more a part of it. All right, before we uh, go any further... Last week, uh, I had a chance to catch up with a couple of uh, big leaguers, talk about where they may be playing, what their fantasy value may end up being as part of what I do here, is to ask those sort of questions. In the offseason, the Miami Marlins acquired a shortstop, second baseman, maybe somewhere else, Jonathan VR from the Baltimore Orioles, essentially for nothing. Baltimore just uh, got rid of him. So now he becomes a key piece in the Marlins lineup, potentially the leadoff hitter. There also are some questions as to where he's going to play for Miami in 2020, which if you have this kid in a keeper league, it could end up being important for you in 2021. And so we discussed those topics as well as his new club uh, from Baltimore to Miami. Hey, you know, guys, that's a, that's a normal. Uh, I stay be ready every year because right now, you know, that's moment we will finish in the audio Baltimore. So I'm playing for the Brewer and I'll be ready to for whatever situation they traded me to Baltimore. So now I'll be here to money. Now, is, was there disappointment from you because of the unbelievable year that you had last year and then the organization just says? No, for me it's, it's normal because they're saying it's baseball. It's a baseball, so I'm coming to be here to Mali and try to play the same when they played last year and happen to the team. I don't care whatever team I stay. If I'm going to play every day, I'm going. For people who haven't seen you play every day and haven't looked at the numbers and how hard you work and how fast you run and the things that you do, what will you be bringing to the Marlins? That's not just, you know, the people, the fans to Baltimore, it's like, like cry because I'm coming over here. So now I'm playing over here. I have too many people right here in Miami. My family, uh, I'm close to my house too, Dominican Republic. Uh, 20 fans are coming to watching the game. You know, uh, every like weekend they can come over here to watching to me how I play here. Last one for me. Uh, what position has the organization 
uh, told you, uh, and where would you like to play this year on the field? My position is short in second bay. I don't know sure right now. Uh, they have a plan, but maybe they change to in spin training. I don't know what they told me when they come over here to the spin training, but I'm be ready for whatever position to play. What's your comfort level playing center field? Uh, that's not too easy to play there. That's not too easy because my whole year, my whole life, I'm playing in the middle of the infield, like short and second. But see, they put it to center field. I need to adjust right there. We to play here right here. We need to like help us the team. And how about third base? Last question, yes. I'm I don't care if they put it whatever you want. See, if I'm playing every day, I'm playing as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, so uh, I mean, I'm not really sure where he's going to end up, Frank. I got to tell you. Um, there's a number of different options. And you know, it's interesting. You texted me the other day. You asked me about Isan Diaz. And I think that. Um, you know, VR, if if Diaz struggles, could end up just basically, they say, you know what, eh, you know, we don't like the way he looks in the spring, let's just put VR at second base, lead him off every day. That would zap any fantasy value of Diaz for three or four months. But uh, position is going to be important. Um, you know, you want that position flexibility with a player like this. I just can't get over, Frank, how awesome he was with Baltimore last year. I, I don't know what he's going to be with Miami. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know. But I, I was so high on VR last year, and I hate to pat myself on the back. I don't I hate to do that on the show. It's like my big pet peeve is to say I knew, I knew, I knew. But I loved this guy last year. I couldn't understand why people were not high on him. I can't be as high as I was on him last year because he wasn't being drafted in the first five or six rounds of any fantasy draft. But he steals bases. He plays everywhere. He scored 100 runs on the Orioles. I think there's a lot to like. I just I, I, I don't know where he's going to play, and it's bothersome to me. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. You know, I've kind of been lukewarm-ish on Jonathan VR as well with an NFBC ADP of 46. Everyone's trying to find speed. You know what? That's that's what's going. Uh, that's what Jonathan VR is going to give you. 40 stolen bases last year, 202 out of 246 stolen base attempts in his career. That's a 79% stolen base conversion rate. Uh, so we know how fast he is. He you know steals bases uh, very successfully. Last year, he cut the strikeouts last, uh, down as well. He cut down the swinging strikes. That helped with the batting average. The problem with, for me, taking VR uh, this early again is you worry about the playing time somewhat. And then, you know, also in this range, I like to get guys that are going to help me in batting average as well. So someone like Kettle Marte is going to hit for a better batting average. He'll chip in like 10 to 15 stolen bases. Not nearly as many steals as a Jonathan VR, but I understand why his ADP is where it is. Everyone's trying to find speed. Everybody's freaking out about speed. I'll tell you what, Craig. I will take Jonathan VR over Adalberto Mondesi. I understand everyone likes Mondesi because he has the upside to steal 60 to 70 bases, but he's coming off a major shoulder surgery. I believe it was a torn labrum. He hasn't been able to stay healthy at every, any level of the minors. He might have more upside than a VR, but I think VR, and this is saying a lot, is actually safer than an Adalberto Mondesi this year. Uh, something that I have projected here for uh, Jonathan VR, 260 to 270 batting average, 16 home runs, 80 runs scored. 60 to 65, maybe 70 ribbies, and 35 to 40 stolen bases. And I think, you know, if he comes close to that projection, he's a damn good player, and he's paying off value where he's going in that early fourth-round range right now, Craig. Yeah, and, uh, and look, it's, it, it's just so hard to quantify because, again, 
Um, the other part of this is that I, I don't know that he'll be uh, in Miami in August and September. You know, he's on a one-year deal. His is basically cost-efficient at this point and uh, making $8 million if they trade him in August. That's only $3 million to somebody else. It's not even half the season. He could end up helping another club if Miami's not in it. All right, as always, when we wrap up this show, we got to end it with one thing, and that, of course, since baseball season is coming, is called Exit Velocity. I feel the need. Velocity. Nice velocity. All right, it's time to end with a little exit velocity. We'll talk about uh, Major League Baseball's potential plans to add more playoff teams. I get it. I understand it. You want to make things more interesting. Reality shows are fun to watch, so why not incorporate that as well? But let's not turn this into a joke. You don't want to reward bad teams for getting in the postseason. You don't want to reward a 78-win team and they get to the World Series. Does anybody really want to see that? I think that in the end, we're looking for that star power. We're looking for the best players to be playing at the biggest stage. And if for some reason the Texas Rangers get on a hot streak with 78 wins and they end up in the World Series playing against the Dodgers because they got hot at the right time, is that something we want to see? Baseball is a very streaky sport. And in general, the best teams do win. But part of that is getting hot at the right time. It's no indictment on the Washington Nationals last year. Juan Soto was a stud. Rendon is great. They had great pitching and they got there. But should we be rewarding teams that win in the 70s for playing okay and getting themselves in? I think it's a little bit much. Hopefully cooler heads will prevail with this. If you want to add a playoff team or two, sure, do it. Add an extra round. But let's not go full NBA and full NHL. I think you're taking away from the regular season of baseball. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to our producer, Chris Bavona. For my co-host, Frank Stanfield, I'm Craig Mish. We will be back tomorrow right here at 11 a.m. Eastern for another edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Hope you guys have a great Tuesday. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow before heading out to spring training. See you later, everybody. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.